0: You are listening to the Awaken Macadish podcast. Awaken Church is a diverse community of authentic love and hope where you can belong as you change and change as you follow Jesus. If you have a Bible, I invite you to open it up to uh, Hebrews chapter 1. Or if it's on your phone or your device, just you know, push a button and get there. It'll also come up on the screen. You can Check it out up there. Hebrews chapter 1. Long ago, God spoke many times in many ways to our ancestors through the prophets, and now in these final days, He has spoken to us through His Son. God promised everything to the Son as an inheritance, and through the Son, He created the universe. The Son radiates God's own glory and expresses the very character of God, and He sustains everything by the mighty power of His command. When he had cleansed us from our sins, he sat down in the place of honor at the right hand of the majestic God in heaven. May this majestic God help us with our understanding as we dig deeper to his word this morning. You can be seated. Thank you. You know, I was thinking the closest thing we have to modern day prophets are our like meteorologists, like the, uh, you know, the men and the women who um, you know, predict the weather like it's going to be like yesterday, like about 2 or 3 o'clock in the afternoon here in Natchitoches, you're going to have storms. And by 9 p.m., all of the storms will be out of the Ark And at 10.30, it's still rumbling and pouring at my house. I don't know about your house. I'm like, yeah, whoops. Or like in January when they, they said this big snowstorm is coming and uh, it's going to be uh, pretty, pretty difficult on the roads. It may not be a lot of accumulation, but the roads are going to be bad. So you know what? We're going to call it snow day in Natchitoches for tomorrow. And then when tomorrow came, there was no snow. As a parent with small children, I was not too happy about that. But it was good. It still worked out. All right. It's like a big whoops, right? And so what we do is, like, especially with like the weather, is I'll watch. I have a weather app, and I'll look at the weather, too, because we wanna, I want to prepare for tomorrow, right? So that's kind of our question, kind of taking us into uh, Hebrews chapter 1 this morning a little bit. How do you prepare for tomorrow when you're not sure what tomorrow holds? Think about that. You don't have to answer, but, but how, how do you prepare for tomorrow when you're not sure what tomorrow holds? Now, we know that tomorrow is Monday, and that holds a lot of things. My, hopefully, my Monday is better than last Monday. My last Monday was not great, but God answers prayer. We made it through. But a couple of weeks is Easter Sunday. I mean, we're just a few weeks from Easter, you guys. And so today, where we're getting this series, we're going to continue through Easter Sunday. And so, you know, kind of lead us to our big celebration of the resurrection of Jesus, which actually we do every Sunday. That's what Sunday worship gatherings are about. But we're calling this series Jesus Is. For three weeks, we're looking at Jesus Is. We're going to be discussing how Jesus is. He's prophet, he's priest, and he's king. And ultimately, why that matters to us that Jesus is prophet and priest and king. So, we'll be looking at these different passages of Scripture. Mostly, though, we're going to be pulling from Hebrews. So, if you want to say Mark Hebrews in your Bible, put your bookmark there because next week and the week after, we're going to be in Hebrews uh, specifically. And in this way, uh, looking at Hebrews, it's an ancient letter. A lot of people think it was a, a sermon that somebody wrote down. Um, either way, whether it was a letter or a sermon written down by somebody that, that heard it, um, we can see as you read through it that there's one main idea Jesus is the subject. and. Je- Basically, Hebrew says to us, especially to the original readers, Jesus is superior to all your tradition. Jesus is superior to all your heritage. Jesus is superior to all the offices that you could put in place at any other time. Jesus is superior to all these things. And so we'll dig deeper into those specifically. But for today, our big idea is this. Jesus is the word and truth of life, inspiring us to persevere through anything we may face. That's our big idea. That's like, you know what, if you just like can just write that down, or if you have the the little sermon outline thing we provide, just, you know, circle that, highlight it. Then if you need a nap, go ahead, take that nap. But Jesus is the word of truth and life, inspiring us to persevere through anything we may face. So let's start with this thought. We tend to stray from God's best. Kind of a part of being human. It's part of this, this humanness. It's like the beginning of of the Bible, Genesis uh, one, two, and three. Is like it's part of the beginning of the story. Even we tend to stray from God's best. This song we sang a little. Just actually, we just sang it. Come Thou Fount, this ancient hymn. Come Thou Fount, and it happens to be my wife's favorite hymn. And I was thinking about that song as I was preparing this this sermon. And I'm so thankful we were able to sing it this morning. Um, It says, prone to wander, Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love. And for about maybe 10 years now, anytime I hear that song, that line hits me. I mean, it hits it almost to the point. There's been times when it's wrecked me because I've been right there. Like prone to wander, like like last night. (laughs) You know, prone to, like, that's how real it's been for me at times. Last night, I was basically prone to wander all around. then the next day I'm at church going, Ah, oh, hits me right here, and here's the thing about this song. Like I said an ancient hymn It's written in the 18th century. In 1757, Robert Robinson wrote these lyrics at the age of 22. At the age of 22. Now, at Awakened Church, we have a bunch of folks that are around that age that use it for the here this morning. Spring break happens, but 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 that's like the thing. At age 22, this guy who was a, actually a pastor at age 22 and a songwriter, obviously, and he penned these words prone to wander, Lord, I feel it, prone to leave this God I love. And I'm like, man, at 22, how, 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 how in depth, how insightful that he captured this, this thing that we all seem to reach from time to time. The proneness to wander, prone to leave the God I love. What happens when we stray from God's best for us? Now, here's the part at Awaken Church where I ask you to talk to me for just a second. What do you think happens? What are, what are some ideas? You don't have to be too personal with this, but you can if you want. What happens when we stray from God's best for us? Become lost. Okay, they're lost. We use that word a lot, don't we? It's kind of churchy language, but it has a, a good ring to it because that's actually what could happen. When you wander from God's best, you get lost. What else? You feel alone yeah. yeah lost and alone man what else anything else stop receiving the message. okay you stop receiving the message you stop being able to hear the message yeah I thought you guys were like going with me on the trip down was that, I think it was Peter Pan and the, the remake that happened like I don't know maybe a decade ago or maybe longer than that now 15 years ago and Captain Hook at the end Old, old, alone, done for. I thought somebody's gonna throw done for on there with that. I just maybe that's just me. You hadn't seen that movie. Okay, so this is what happens when we stray from God's best for us. You guys are all you're right on. I've experienced everything you guys have just said for sure. So many of the first followers of Jesus were Jewish. And so this is actually what this, this book or this letter of Hebrews is written to. They had grown up in Judaism, a religion that was rich in a rich heritage. It was packed with traditions and Jesus had come on the scene presenting himself as the fulfillment of their covenant. And he had said, I'm the fulfillment of this. And He presents himself as a better way than the tradition and the heritage that they had known before for generations and generations and generations. And as he claims to be the actual fulfillment of this covenant from God, the people began to put their faith in Him. And especially after the eyewitnesses after the resurrection began to proclaim, we've seen Him, we've seen Him, we've seen Him, He's the Messiah, He's the Messiah. And people began to put their faith in Him. But apparently, after some pressure and persecution, some of these Jewish followers of Jesus were having second thoughts. About following. Like they began to follow the way of Jesus, and then there were others who said, You can't do that, you weren't brought up with that. You can't, you can't, you know, that's not possible. Come back over here where we put all of our faith in the Torah and all of our faith in keeping the feasts and following all these laws and traditions. So, one of the reasons we have for the writing of Hebrews is to show these folks, hey, don't stray from God's best for you. You've begun this, this journey now of God's best to you. It's a better journey than you were on before. Don't stray from this path. Long ago, God spoke many times in many ways to our ancestors through the prophets. The Old Testament is the story of the people of God who time and time again were prone to wander. So God would send prophets to try and get them back on the track, back on the path, God would send judges to try and get them back on the path. They were prone to leave the God their love real quick. I want to take us through a quick journey through this this book called Judges in the Old Testament. Judges chapter three, verse seven says, "The Israelites did evil in the Lord's sight. They forgot about the Lord their God, and they served the images of Baal and the Asherah poles." Go to verse 12 of chapter 3 and it says Once again the Israelites did evil in the Lord's sight And the Lord gave King Eglon of Moab control over Israel because of their evil Chapter 4 verse 1 After Ehud's death the Israelites again did evil in the Lord's sight So the Lord turned them over to King Jabin Chapter 6 verse 1 The Israelites did evil in the Lord's sight So the Lord handed them over to the Midianites for seven years Chapter 8 goes on, you guys. Chapter 8, verse 33. As soon as Gideon died, the Israelites prostituted themselves by worshiping the images of Baal, making baal their god. They forgot the Lord their God, who had rescued them from all their enemies surrounding them. How can you forget God? But it says they did over and over and over again. They were prone to wander. Here's the thing. Straying from God's best is nothing new. But that doesn't justify it. Straying from God's best is nothing new, but that doesn't justify it. Just because the Old Testament is full of stories of people who strayed from God doesn't make it okay. If we know we're prone to wander, we should take precautions, right? right? We know we're prone to wander. I do. I know I'm prone to wander. So we should be on the lookout for that. So I tend to know for myself, and I'll show you from my own journey here, I, I tend to stray off the path when I'm not paying attention. <laughs> when I'm not paying attention. And there's a few things that, that cause me to not pay, not pay close attention. Four things that make me uh, prone to wander. The first one is busyness. first one is busyness. You putting those up there, Christian? No, it's not up there. The first thing that causes me to prone, be prone to wander is busyness. So I can get so overextended with my schedule and especially whenever my schedule, when I get in a good rhythm, which I was in for about a year and a half, and then it all changes when, when, when uh, like, my wife got a new job. And so now there's a lot more uh, things that have to happen and that I have to do. So the schedule has changed, but my rhythm hasn't changed yet. And so I find myself trying to catch up all the time. And I'm in this season of this kind of busyness that's just kind of thrown me for a little bit of loop. And I can, like, if I'm not careful, I can look, look up and go, I'm off the path. I got so busy. I didn't take time for my, what I call DQT, not DQ, DQ like Dairy Queen treat, right? You can get a Dairy Queen treat, DQT, daily quiet time. And I can get so like into, I got to get up and get going that I will fail to take that 10 minutes or 15 minutes, whatever it might be for you, and do that. The second thing for me that causes me to to be prone to wander is selfishness. Our selfishness is really, I mean, I'd say if I have a problem, my problem is selfishness. <laughs> our hearts get set on things that rival God or replace God. And we don't do it on purpose. It's just we kind of feel like we should get to do what we want to do. We deserve it. We have that. That's kind of in our, in our mindset and once we that mindset and you do deserve some things especially if you have a job and you're working if you if you if you get if you're in, in going to NSU and you're working for a degree and you get to a certain place you need to celebrate you did deserve this but i also found you know what's best is is to also recognize god in this that helps it helps counteract the selfishness if i realize god gave me the brain to study or the the ability to work the opportunity to have a job that then counteracts the selfishness in that Gives me the ability to praise, absolutely, definitely. A third thing for me that causes me to be prone to wonder is hopelessness. And I've been there. I don't, I don't wrestle with this often, but I know a lot of people do. I've definitely been there, though. I've been through this darkness. We, face, we all face troubles and trials and, and discouragement and even depression. And what can happen is we can get in these places, and we can get to this place of hopelessness, and we can just kind of instead of wandering from the path, we just kind of like sit and let the path continue without us. It's a tough place to be in, but you can get off of, You can get out of that place. I've, I've been there. And then a fourth thing for me is brokenness and that's when sin is, is there and that in our life and that sin leads to, to gain, to shame and guilt and that shame and guilt. That's where the brokenness begins to happen. I mean, it starts with a heart issue. The selfishness usually starts it. And then I end up you know, doing something or not doing something. And then I start to feel a guilty. And then I start to feel some shame. And then I'm just broken. And I've had seasons where I've just kind of like let that just, just kind of wander off the path. Like, what's the point anyway? The good news is, we, as we tend to stray from God's best, Jesus is the word of truth in life. And he is now here with us and for us, inspiring us to persevere through anything we may face. So the thing to remember is God is not silent. God is not silent. That's how like Hebrews begins. Hey, guys, God's not silent. He's not quiet. Have you ever seen Bruce, Bruce Almighty? Anybody seen the movie? one of my favorite movies bruce almighty and there's this point in the movie where bruce is driving the car and he's like you know he's supposed to get a word from god you're going to hear a word from the lord he's like a word from the lord yeah right i'm gonna hear a word from the lord why don't you like you know why why don't you like you show me something and there's like a caution thing flashing then he's like why don't you show me a sign and then there's like he gets behind this truck we have the picture yeah that's the back of the truck right he's driving along this truck pulls right in front of him and this guy won't you give me a sign god and here's like a truck full of signs and then he's like what's this idiot doing right <laughs> like you do i'm not looking at the signs god's put a sign right in front of you and then he's like this was before cell phones he has a pager and he gets a, a beeper and it's a number he doesn't it's god saying call call this number i want to talk to you and he's like i don't know you wouldn't call you if i did and it's like pff, man God's not silent, but Bruce isn't isn't listening at all. Have you ever felt like God was speaking to you but maybe you were missing it? Yeah. Been there. So how does God speak to us? What are some ways God speaks to us? Again, what are some ways God speaks to you? I've always found it fills you with joy. Okay. He kind of fills the room,
1: the air, the situation.
0: So there's a feeling. It's almost like Okay, so there's a feeling of his presence and a joy that comes with that, and God, that's that's God speaking to you, that's like a feeling of joy in his presence, like I'm yeah. here, I'm here, I'm present. Mm-hmm. Good. What else? does well, not everybody gets the feeling. I do, but that's you know, um, but that's cool. What, what are some other ways God speaks to us? I mean, he speaks through the word. Okay, the word talking about the Bible, right? The yeah, right. The scriptures, absolutely. That's what I always tell, usually tell folks, it's like, if you have something you think God's telling you, read the Bible, <laughs> and, and it'll back it up, or it'll confirm it, usually, one way or another. Yeah, any, any other thing? For music for me, too. God speaks to me through music quite a bit. Sometimes music without even lyrics, I feel like God speaks to me. Yes, sir? you about something, <clears throat> somebody will say what you Okay, yeah, through other people. Yeah absolutely. yeah. God speaks to us through other people, right? And that's why that's you know, a word of affirmation. Like you feel like maybe God wants you to do something or, or not do something, and then somebody will come along and like, how do, you, how, how, how do you know this?" It's like, "I don't know, I don't know what you're talking about." Yeah, absolutely. The writer of Hebrews begins with this: God is not silent. Long ago, God spoke many times in many ways to our ancestors, through the prophets. Now, a prophet is defined kind of best as an inspired teacher or one who proclaims the will of God. Usually when we hear the word prophet, we think of somebody who predicts the future. Um, it's not necessarily the right understanding of it because in, especially in the Old Testament, what the, they did was they would announce the blessings and curses of God. And it was kind of like had to do with the future. In other words, you're on this path and this path is not a good path. And God wants you to know, if you stay on this path, here's the cursed thing that's going to happen to you. But if you will turn back to God, if you will turn and get on his path, then here's the blessed thing that will happen to you. That's like what the prophets did. The the prophets were trying to get people to, to, to get right back on the path of God. So a prophet is one who speaks the word of God, leading others to keep turning to God. That's the point. Speaking the word of God so that others will keep leading others to keep turning to God. So the writer of Hebrews doesn't stop with God speaking through the prophets long ago. He sets them up. He's like, here's what, here's what you know. Long ago, the prophets spoke, uh, God spoke through the prophets in all these ways. See, so he points out now the world has changed. The world has changed now and Jesus continues to change everything. Now in these final days, He has spoken to us through His Son. And this there's, there's this was originally written in Greek and the Greek word here, that's this word final days or last days is the word eschatos. And it's where this this big word that will I'll use once in a while, eschatology, which means the study of last things or the study of end things. Usually when people talk about end times and that ooh, scary revelation. It's like eschatology is the thing to get you get hooked up in and what's going to happen in the end days uh, of of time and stuff and some are looking for signs of the end of times right while the writer of hebrews points out here jesus has brought us into this final spiritual era it's now here we are in this final spiritual era an era we don't have to wonder which prophet speaks forth the word of god which is this the right prophet is that the right prophet who's speaking the word of god jesus is the word of god he says, now in these final days, Jesus is the word of God. He is the prophet, and he brings us this word, which takes us back to this passage we've looked at several times again and trying to understand who Jesus was and is. In John chapter 1, he says, in the beginning, the word already existed. The Word was with God, the Word was God. Verse 14, "So the Word became human and made His home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness, so we have seen His glory, the glory of the Father's one and only Son. God isn't silent. It's just we're not quiet. We're not listening. That's the situation. It's not that God's not silent on, on the things in our lives. It's just we're not quiet. We're not listening. I found that one of the most beneficial spiritual disciplines is one that's by far the most removed from our lifestyle, and it's stillness and quietness. By far, silence. We don't enjoy the silence. We feel like we have have to have something to say or we have to have something to post, or somebody's posting something and I'm gonna miss it, so I need to check my Instagram. (laughs) Guilty, I find myself, I gotta put this thing down. The busier we are, I think this is kind of the mindset, the busier we are, the more important we feel. Like I've always got something to do, so I'm important. It's not necessarily true. We need to be still and we need to be quiet. We need to listen. That's why I don't have a problem with people getting into yoga and meditation. Be quiet and be still for a change. You know what? God will begin to speak to you. God is speaking, and we don't want to miss what He has to say. But you have to be still to listen. I have a a songwriter friend. They wrote a song called, You Have to Be Still to Be Moved. You have to be still to listen. In order to be moved by God, you have to be still first. Jesus was the first word of God, and the first word has the last word. And so God is speaking to us through Jesus then and now. And Jesus speaks to our brokenness and steps into our brokenness. This is how we're going to kind of wrap this up this morning. Jesus speaks to and steps into our brokenness. So the first readers of Hebrews were Jews who believed Jesus was the Messiah. And they had begun to follow Jesus. Now, neither Jesus nor the writer of Hebrews said at any time they had to deny their Jewishness in order to follow him. This Hebrews, this letter, simply points out that Jesus is superior to the heritage and traditions and even the prophets. And if you keep reading, even the angels, even the covenant itself, Jesus is superior to all these things. He is the one who steps into our brokenness. Steps into our brokenness. When has Jesus stepped into your brokenness? Here's a thing I've learned. It's actually a little bit exciting about brokenness. (laughs) Brokenness is a blessing because it puts us on the road to breakthrough. Brokenness is a blessing because it puts us on the road to breakthrough. There have been so many things in my own life that I haven't been able. I would never get a breakthrough. I would never see like the goodness of God or the grace of God or the mercy of God if I hadn't gone through the brokenness first. So I thank God for those broken points. Brokenness leads to breakthrough. That's why it's a blessing. Whenever you experience brokenness, God's grace is there to sustain you. And God's grace is there to help you grow. And with every step you take, He helps you Let go of all the things you've been trying to rely on. That self stuff. And he leads you into a place of holy rest. Where all the questions, guess what? (laughs) They're not all answered. But you're overwhelmed with the peace that's going to be okay. That's where I've been. That's where I've been. That's where I'm at, you know, even now. People ask me, you know, "How how do you do this in your life? How do you see this going on? pastor friends who are like how in the world do, you do this church planting thing it just that would scare me to death i'm like yep but i've got peace and i can't explain it can't explain it it's going to be okay brokenness is a blessing because it puts us on the road to breakthrough hebrew says jesus radiates god's own glory and that he is the exact representation of god man that's pretty sweet like that they, they would acknowledge that like two, 2,000 years ago and now are still reading it, it's still challenging us it's still awakening us to who Jesus really is he is the exact representation of God long ago the prophets had God's word Jesus is God's word and there's a big difference here and Jesus sustains everything by his mighty power this means Jesus, Jesus doesn't just speak into our brokenness he steps into it and when Jesus steps into our brokenness there's a couple of things I've found that happen you grow stronger in your faith. When Jesus steps into your brokenness, and actually when you allow Jesus to step into your brokenness, because there's many times when we're in our brokenness and we kind of like keep turning our, Jesus trying to step into it. We're like, no, Jesus, no, Jesus, no, no. He's over here, no, no, no. You're just like, you know, Jesus is trying to step into your brokenness and you're like trying to play a game. Like, no, I'm all right. I'll get this. I got this. No, I'm good. I'm good. And Jesus is like, just let me step into it. And when he steps into it, I have found for me, it's like, oh, my faith grows. So the next time I'm in that brokenness, I'm like, all right, Jesus, step on in. I know, I know I can trust you. Another thing that happens when we allow Jesus to step into our brokenness is you grow deeper compassion. You grow deeper compassion. Uh, compassion is basically love for each other doing unto others as you would have them do for yourselves like Jesus said hey here's the one law love each other the way I've loved you that's what deeper compassion is and I get that like no other time when Jesus steps into my brokenness Jesus is the word of truth and love inspiring us to persevere through anything we may face so what's the next step what is the next step? What, what is something, you know, this has just been kind of resonating with me for a while. You guys may have heard me say it a few times. What's the next thing you need to think? Or maybe what's the next thing you, you need to feel? Or the next thing you need to do? I don't know what all that is. I do have a suggestion. A good, a good next step could be probably for most of us, if not all of us, this week, every day, carve out five minutes just to be still. Maybe it's the start of your day, set your alarm five minutes earlier instead, or just instead of hitting snooze, (laughs) get up and just take that five minutes and just be still before your mind starts rolling. Because if you're like me, it takes a lot more than five minutes once your mind gets rolling to let it stop. Yeah, my quiet time's a lot longer than five minutes because it takes me a good 10 minutes just to not keep thinking about the same stuff. Take, carve out five minutes this week and see if it makes a difference in your life and if god begins to show you stuff which i believe he will he'll begin to show you some insights about who he is about who you are write it down keep a journal you don't have to blog it you don't have to facebook it you don't have to tweet it you can if you want i'm just saying but but keep a record of how god is showing you insights for you because this is how we grow lord we're going to we're going to sing a song and and we're going to go out like we always do, always want to go out, kind of in an attitude of worship and praise of who you are. You're such you're so awesome, um, and so Lord, we just know that that we don't take a lot of time in our lives just to be still. That's that's one reason why like I, I really think church attendance is kind of declining because just like people feel like I got too much to do to go sit for an hour. God help us to. To, to be able to embrace stillness, to embrace the silence and not be scared of the quiet and allow you to step into our brokenness. Because I know that some of us, some of us need a breakthrough. And I don't know what it could be. It could have to do with education or occupation or relationships. It could have to do with, uh, It could have to do with lunch. I don't even know. But I know, Lord, that, that we need you to step into the brokenness that we have. Because, Lord, we need a breakthrough. We thank you, Lord, that you broke through ultimately the brokenness of all people for all time. Oh, Lord, we're going to talk about this next week, too. (laughs) Through the resurrection, through the crucifixion and the resurrection of Jesus. Man, thank you for the gift. Life is a gift. New life is an even better gift. Thank you that you step into our brokenness. Lord, now we're going to worship and, and reflect. And Lord, maybe in this moment, we just want to just say, yes, Lord, step into this for the first time. Just step into this, Lord, and I'll follow you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to the Awaken Natchitoches podcast. It's our hope that you have been encouraged by today's message. Find out more about Awaken Church at awakenla.church. Or find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at AwakenChurchLA.